Ladies and gentlemen, welcome back to Teaching Nick. I'm so excited that you're here. Thank you for tuning in. Today is a special episode with my friend Panos Ieromnimon. Now, Pano is a very interesting fella. He was a successful DJ on the international stage, and he's turned real estate agent and day trader. He's an investor uh, trading in crypto, and we're going to really dig into that today and how you can get started in trading, the mindset necessary for, for the long run. We're going to talk about real estate. We're going to talk about the truth about seller versus buyer market and a lot of different, different goodies to sprinkle throughout, uh, like where to eat in Amsterdam. So uh, stay tuned. And I'd like to take a moment before our episode starts to acknowledge our sponsor, Side Hustlers Network. Find them on Instagram at Side Hustlers Network. They're currently pre-registering people for their March Business Launch Challenge. Seats are limited, so you're going to have to jump on really quick. It's basically two and a half days of you sitting with funnel building experts and are going to set up your digital marketing business in a weekend, basically. It's fantastic. I've never seen anything like this on the internet. So that's Side Hustlers Network on Instagram. Go to the bio and click on the red link. And without further ado, ladies and gentlemen, Panos Yerom Nimon. Pano. What's up, man? Hey, what's going on, man? Welcome to the show. Thanks for coming on. Thank um, you for having me. Yeah, absolutely. Um, it's a pleasure to have you here. Um, we have a few things in common. Um, and one of them is uh, doing a lot of different things. <laughs> right and um why don't you um introduce yourself to the audience that's listening and basically give us a rundown of your resume <laughs> absolutely <Life> resume. <laughs> <laughs> well my name is panos Nimon. for those of you that can understand my last name uh i am a real estate agent with compass and the burzak metcalf team uh, I've also been in the music industry for the last 17 years, um, grew up in Greece, moved to New York 12 years ago. Uh, I like to do a lot of different things. Uh, I'd say I'm an artistic entrepreneur. Uh, and like Nick, I love learning about new things. Uh, mm. so, yeah, yeah, there's nothing, there's nothing better than that, is there? No, I think, you know, best way to improve yourself and and to go through life and 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 develop is by learning if you, yeah. if you don't have a thirst for le- for learning i mean there's a quote that i love using it goes a day that has passed that you have not learned something is a day wasted absolutely agree with that yeah absolutely agree yeah so so you're in real estate uh, an artist and a musician, rather, um, a DJ, I believe, correct? Yes, or, DJ. Like, like producing? Yes, I, I yeah. uh, well, I started by um, 
doing classical piano harmony and theory and then uh okay i got into djing when i was pretty young uh in greece as you can as you probably know as long as you have a beard you can get into any club yeah and work yeah so <laughs> i started playing music in clubs when i was 14 uh, mm. and then uh by the age of 18 i started dabbling in the studio producing some music and then i got my uh certificate as an audio engineer so I started a business for that. Uh, but yeah, I'd say my passion is DJing and producing. Nice, man. What, uh, was that just like something that was like you innate in you or is it just like, was there a moment, uh, where you were like, you know what, music's going to be my thing for, for that time, I guess. Um, I think it's, it's always been in the family. I just, my, my mom is an artist and my dad is an architect. Uh, mm -hmm. I just can't draw a straight line to save my life or any line for that matter. Mm -hmm. So I guess <laughs> I got it in, in, in music. Um, uh, I mean, music's one of the most, for me, my opinion is one of the most structured arts. So it, it can be, yeah. It's like, it's architectural art in a way <laughs> <laughs> i mean i'd say it depends on the genre and the, right. the way you work yeah you know uh, and we'll we'll get into that uh, yeah. as far as work and things but yeah. yeah yeah so you you're somewhat of an entrepreneur yourself right yes what are some yes. what are some of your your current like ventures what are you working on so the, my main business uh, mm -hmm. is real estate, um, residential real estate agent um, for the last two years. And at the same time as I started getting into real estate, I, uh, I always had a passion for the stock market and trading. I just never really looked into it up until two years ago. And I, I started studying and training myself to become a day trader. Uh, retail day trader and uh, I also got exposed to the crypto market at the same time so I've been building for the last six months after I spent a year and a half kind of trying to educate myself uh, best uh, I started um, retail trading crypto uh, really? as well yeah yeah and uh, I really believe in, in crypto I know you you also uh, I dabbled, but see the dabbled. problem with with me and and I'm sure like a lot of people out there, um, we didn't take the time like you have to educate ourselves. Um, and I'm just I'm really just speaking for myself. You know, it was like a a, a thing. It was a it was popular. It was you know people were making money, and you just you just went in. It's kind of sort of thing, you know. Uh, right. What uh. Here's a great, a good question. We can go down this route. Um, what have you done to sort of, um, what's the word? Um, prepare yourself for, for your first trade, I guess. Uh, I mean, a lot of theory, a lot of reading, uh, my, my approach to it is technical analysis uh, with a little bit of fundamental. So for people that are not familiar with the two main styles of trading, I would say is fundamental trading, which is 
a kind of like a Warren Buffett style trading where you research companies and, and you try and find new upcoming companies and become an investor. And then there's technical analysis where you analyze the charts, the price action, and you can use different st strategies. Um, you, the best way is to develop your own strategy uh, depending on your trading style. Yeah. And that's, that's strictly by just reading the charts and the technical indicators. Uh, so my style was always, uh, I think I like the fast pace um, environment. I also, I mean, I think that's how I met you. Uh, I played poker for a while as well. Mm -hmm. And that has to do with psychology and reading people. And that's very similar to trading where you have to read uh, what the average investor is thinking and kind of pick the right side, so to speak. So, right, right, right. Um, what I did was I started with theory, um, started reading books, watching YouTube videos, uh, and, and educating myself on the ABCs of, of, uh, investing. And then I, I opened a paper trading account. Paper trading account is an account where you can, um, you have fake money, like monopoly money, let's say, but you're trading in real time right. in, in real markets. So you can, you know, if you make mistakes while you're learning, you're not losing right. your own money. Um, mm -hmm. So I did that for a little bit just to test out and find the style that suited me. But then I always felt that there's no substitute for the, the, psychological warfare let's say that is being in the markets with your own hard earned money and and you know trying not to panic sell or do anything like that so yeah. i decided yeah i decided to take the leap and, and start trading with my own money uh having very strict goals uh on what i wanted to to yeah to attain and um uh, so far, so good. <laughs> good, man. Uh, so that's working out for you. Yeah, I mean, it's, I guess, it always helps to be in a bull market. Uh, right now, with everything that's going on in the world, we had a, a crash in, in March. And since then, especially the crypto market uh, has really picked up steam. Uh, a lot of the institutional uh, traders are, are jumping on the bandwagon. Really? Yeah. And it's gaining. I mean, the market cap has grown immensely over the past five months just because people are losing faith, I would say in their governments and, and uh, fiat money, the dollar, right, uh, right. you know, all the inflation that we're expecting. So a lot of traders are, equating Bitcoin to gold. Wow. And, and it's, it's kind of that type of investment because it's a fixed supply, whereas the dollar, you know, can, can be printed indefinitely, you know. Gotcha. Yeah. So um, for people who are listening, right, if they want to mm -hmm. get started in day trading, whether it be, you know, uh, the stock market or in crypto. Um, maybe you can give us po pointers for both. 
Um, how um, how would you suggest they get started? What uh, platforms are are you using that you recommend? Um, and maybe some reading or you know learning material. Um, sure. Just like a like a one hundred and one sort of head start sort of thing. Absolutely. Um, well, first thing, I think the most important element of your trading business is yourself. What I mean by that is that you have to make sure that you're equipped with the necessary skills uh, to be able to, to go into a venture like this because you, you need to be very disciplined. Uh, you need to be very mentally stable and not make emotional decisions. Uh, do not use money that you cannot afford to lose. Right. Uh, and definitely educate yourself. So first I would, I went through this process uh, a few years ago where I started studying a little bit of psychology too and trying to um, uh, better myself, understand my psychology and my, my thought process. So I did a lot of work on myself first. Uh, Perfect. Yeah. To be balanced. You have to be balanced to be able to do this. Um, number two, I'd say definitely start studying. Um, there are, there's a wealth of information on, on YouTube and online um, where you can pretty much start with the beginning. I, I, I would, I would figure out first, depending on your style, what do you want to do? Do you want to do fundamental investing? Do you want to do technical analysis? What fix fits your your character better? Are you the type of person that likes to wait a little bit and see how things develop and, and you like doing research about companies or are you looking for a high pressure environment where you have to move very quickly and, and make really fast decisions? Yeah. Um, that's the first part. Once you figure out what style fits best for you, then I would start researching um, articles, successful investors of the style that you're going after. Um, for me, it was scalping or day trading. Um, mm -hmm. There's a few different, uh, there's, there's one guy, which I really should, anybody that wants to get into the market, you should, Definitely listen to Robert Kiyosaki's uh, podcast, Rich Poor Dad. That's yeah. what he's most famous about. And he, he gives some really good advice on investing in general and, and how you know, financial information. He's, he's yeah, absolutely. absolutely. Uh, there's also... Great book, by the way. Have you read it? Yes. He's, I mean, he's, I, I still listen to his uh, podcast to this day and uh, he's... Do you listen to uh, Teaching Nick? Yeah, I actually yeah. became a fan. I actually have become a fan of the show. I'm learning a lot. Good, Absolutely. Absolutely. <laughs> I love the show. Um, yeah. So, yeah, after you do that, definitely uh, try and save up some money and then open a, a trading account. Now, for me... I use Coinbase Pro, um, which is not the most ideal platform for, for day trading uh -huh. because you can't have shortcuts, shortcuts and move fast. But uh, in the crypto space, 
they're the most secure, I would say. Um, so that's the platform I'm using. There's also Coinbase, which is pretty much like a bank where yeah. you can store your crypto. Obviously, offline cold storage is the best. Even the ledger was hacked recently, but oh boy, let's not, let's not go into that. <laughs> uh, Did not know that. Yeah, they had two uh, security breaches, um, one last month and, and one last week. Yeah. But uh, yeah, and then open a paper trading account on TD Ameritrade. They have a free uh, paper trading account. Crypto and, and stocks or futures are, they're not similar, but you can, if you, if you learn the basic strategies, you can see, you can find the way that works best for you. So definitely uh, open a paper trading account. Tradingview.com is a free website where you can do have free charts for anything, whether you're doing right. crypto stocks, anything. Yeah, I've heard of that. Uh, that's a really good tool to use. And then just, you know, start trying out, set, set, you know, your goals, where you want to be uh, and start working towards that. That's what I would recommend. Awesome, man. Very good. Thank you for that. That was very informative. Um, let's jump into real estate. How'd you, how'd you get into that? Ah, <laughs> uh, well, so, um, it was three years ago. I started dabbling with the idea. I was working, um, I was still working in music and, uh, it got to the point where in order to get, go to the next step in my career, I needed to invest a large amount of money, a lot of capital. Uh, so I started looking around fellow artists, producers, what they were doing, what did they do for a living before they became famous or popular? Uh, and I saw a lot of real estate agents. I saw, I saw a lot of traders. Uh, some people, you know, were born into money. They were the lucky ones, but, <laughs> yeah. um, so I was in, I was in Amsterdam for a conference in 2016 and there I met one of my best friends, uh, Heather, uh, and she is a very successful DJ producer and she also started with real estate. She did the real estate for eight years. Right. Um, I also did sales for a while, um, mm -hmm. always with my music career. I did door to door sales. I worked at restaurants, general manager. So I always, I always had to do with people and my dad being an architect, I was also always exposed to, you know, projects that he did. Right. So I said, okay maybe I can use my people skills and sales and, and also be in an environment that I'm used to. Uh, and then my friend Heather guided me and, and introduced me to the right people. And uh, that's how I, I got connected to the team I am with today. And Amazing. that's how it kind of started. So it came from music. Yeah. <laughs> cool. Yeah. Um, put a pin in Amsterdam. We're going to talk that, we'll talk about that. <laughs> Uh-huh. Yeah, we're going there. Yeah. But uh, uh -oh. <laughs> um uh so do you enjoy do you like really love doing what you do in real estate? Yes. Go uh, it's yeah, that was that was uh that was a good question. Pretty deep <laughs> right from the start. I got to get that. Um yes, I mean real estate is 
it's it's amazing. It can be the best job in the world, could be the worst at the same time. It has some crazy ups and downs. Right. Uh, but as long as you're in a in a company and environment that you're happy with, uh, I love Compass. I mean, they're they're one of the leading real estate companies in the country. Very technology forward. Uh, so I have a lot of support from the company. Also, the team I'm in, I have an amazing mentor that's really helped me a lot. So I've had I've I've had a more structured environment than most people that are getting into real estate. I'm yeah. fully aware of that. Um, and then as far as the job itself, day to day, people think that, Oh, you know, you're a real estate agent, you have your own business, you can schedule, you know, your day as you like, uh, per se, but you always have to be available. Uh, it's a 24 hour thing. Right. If you want to be successful, obviously. Like anything, you have to put in the hard work, and uh, I love I love the fact that uh, it has a creative side to it. You know, uh, obviously, we did a really cool series of of uh, we did the art and, yeah. and house, uh, which was that was you know one of my favorite real estate experiences so far, um, and you know yeah, that was staging. That was yeah, we have to do that again once we're for past sure. this whole situation absolutely yeah, yeah, yeah. um so yeah how, has, how has covid affected uh the business um well it kind of put everything to a stop for for the uh spring market mm. uh we were still able to do some deals during uh, quarantine, obviously everything remotely done. Uh, but what we're seeing now is that under no, a normal market conditions uh, for, let's say, residential sales, um, you have most of your inventory in the spring and then the summer, towards the end of the summer, you're kind of done with everything you have and you're preparing for the fall market. What has happened now is that everything that did not happen in the spring has transferred over to the summer plus some new inventory, you know. Uh, so I'm the busiest I've, I've been so far. Uh, okay. As far as New York, it's definitely affected, you know, the city. Uh, the rental market is hurting in some areas. Uh, but it's, you know, there's new opportunities in other areas. Uh, anything with outdoor space, obviously, is very much in demand. Um, right. And on the national level, the median uh, price for a house has risen to $349,000, which sounds like nothing for New York, but it's the highest it's ever been. Right, that's big. So, yeah, so on a national level, uh, it's great. New York is, is one of the markets that's a little bit slower to recover, but it's on its way, I believe. And there's always opportunity, always. Yeah, yeah. Are, are people buying? Yes. Or are people more selling right now? Like, uh, I know they kind of work hand in hand, but. They kind of work hand in hand. A lot of people always want to say, you know, oh, is it a seller's market? Oh, is it a buyer's market? But and without yes, one, you don't have the other. <laughs> right. It's also very property dependent because if you have something of quality, and that's what I tell my clients, um, don't focus on what people are saying, whether it's a buyer's market or a seller's market. It's really about buying something or you know, if you have, if you're selling something of quality 
it will withstand the volatility of the market. Yeah. Uh, so I would focus on what you're buying and the way you're selling, uh, per se. Because again, there's times where the townhouse market wasn't moving, but the condo market was flying. Now we're seeing, you know, a lot of people are looking for more space. Obviously, with people working from home, you know, they've yeah. realized that they need more space. Definitely outdoor space is a, is, a, is the number one priority right now. So at some point that will change. You know, the market will, will change. It's I don't know when. It's evolving, isn't it? It's ever evolving. Exactly. Yeah. Just like everything in life. <laughs> Absolutely. Yeah. Absolutely. Who was it? Uh, Going- Heraclitus, I think it was. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I, I we stepped in the river, and he said, or he said, you can't step in the same river twice, rather, because uh, life is always changing. Yep, like just like wow. yeah. I got I got up my uh, Greek philosopher game with you because you're. Uh... Ooh, man. It's been a while. <laughs> yeah, but I'm pretty sure it was him. Interesting. I didn't know that. Yeah. Um, cool. So, let's get into it. Uh-oh. Amsterdam. <laughs> First of all, how amazing of a city is it? It's probably my favorite city in Europe. Oh, I love it. I love it. Uh, amazing. Yeah. I spent how many? A few days there. I spent almost a week there. I think. Where uh, did you? Where? When did you go? It oh, you went really, recently, no? Re- yeah, recently. It was. Uh, not last October, but the one before that. Yeah. What did you, did you feel short? Cause Wait, I definitely, what am I saying? Dude? It was last October. <laughs> <laughs> See, that's what Amsterdam does to you. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Um, yeah. So yeah. Uh, when I travel and my friends and I, we made this, uh, the same sort of, we had this agreement that um, we're not going to go to the same restaurant or order from the same place twice because we wanted to sample sort of the city, like everything this it has to offer. Um, That's smart. Actually, That's now smart. That I'm thinking about it, I was there less for less than a week. Regardless, um, then we walk into this place called Cannibale Royale. Okay. I have been there. I haven't. I went to the same restaurant for a week, so I didn't. I didn't. I didn't. Oh, really? <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I did exactly the opposite. Right. Uh, but that sounds interesting. <laughs> and we have we have these amazing ribs, like these dry rubbed, slow cooked, fall off the bone, oh my smoked god, ribs, right? Oh my god, dude. The next night, we went to the same place for the same rib. <laughs> so that's my recommendation. My number one recommendation is if anyone listening is in, in Amsterdam, uh, you have to have the ribs at Cannibale Royale, which means royal cannibal. Oh, my God. Um, that yeah. sounds amazing. Yeah. What's the coolest thing you did in Amsterdam? Uh, the most memorable. The coolest thing that I remember, uh, so I went for uh, ADE, which is 
the Amsterdam dance event. It's a, it's a convention for producers and DJs from all over the world uh, that get together and network. There's parties going on all over Amsterdam because the city gets behind it and sponsors the event. Uh, the most memorable thing I did was playing an after-hours party there at uh, 4 o'clock in the morning. We're scheduled to go for two hours, ended up going for four. And it was probably one of the uh, one of the best crowds I've ever had in my life and yeah. one of the best experiences. Um, I gave my first autograph there, which I'm not going to go into details because it's, you know, <laughs> it's rated R. I'm not going to. Yeah, gotcha. but it was it it was it was uh it was a it was an amazing amazing experience in general. I love the city, the energy, mm -hmm. um, the architecture. Beautiful. It's it's just you know, I, I would definitely. It's, it's I think it's a city that you have to go a few times. You have to go multiple ah, times. Absolutely, time. absolutely. There's so many different yeah. neighborhoods. There's uh so many museums. We didn't. We barely got to see the city. In a few days. Yeah. First, you do the the touristy things. You know, get that out of the way. Yeah, yeah. Even though I think when you travel, I like seeing what the locals like doing because mm -hmm. that's where you really, you know, get a flavor for for the city. But you know, Amsterdam. You know, the Van Gogh Museum is obviously a must. You have to go to a coffee shop. Yeah. You just have to. It's just the way it is. Uh, you know, walking around the canals, getting lost in the city. I mean, that's just absolutely amazing yeah. and eating ribs of all places carnival royale i remember <laughs> of all places yeah <laughs> dude i found an italian we found this the first night we were there also you know because of being in meetings all day and then at night being at you know eight to ten different parties mm -hmm. we weren't sleeping so we, we were just you know waking up going for breakfast same spot and we found this amazing Italian restaurant. It was better than the restaurants that I found in Rome. Like, yeah, yeah amazing. That's the thing I don't remember. <laughs> I have to, I have to, I, I can find the name. Did they have a cat them. named Rocco? Oh, I don't remember a cat. went to an Italian restaurant <laughs> and Rocco the cat decided to sit at the table with us. <laughs> while we were eating I have photos to prove this oh my god he was just chilling sounds, on one of the chairs <laughs> that's so weird you mentioned that because that happened to me at the Versace, the Versace mansion in Miami I had to do that and there was a black cat that they called Versace that mm -hmm. lived in the mansion and he was I I would swear he was like Versace spirit in a cat. <laughs> <laughs> and he just chilled with us, you know, I'm looked not. at the menu. He was like, oh, this is what you're going to order. Okay. And then he went to the corner <laughs> and let us enjoy our meal. Like, that's so, crazy. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, man. Beautiful city. Be careful of the bikes, the bicycles there. Yes. Are yes. If you think it's bad in New York, it, I'd say yeah. it's like dodging taxis in new york city that's that's the equivalent of bikes and so Canada. you know they have uh we asked a, a driver like an uber driver there they uh -huh. have the right of way over pedestrians yes and over pedestrians. vehicles mm -hmm. and vehicles mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. yeah so 
they don't care. <laughs> nope. If you're in the bike lane and there's bike lanes everywhere, every street has, you know, a bike lane. Uh, Basically the street is a bike lane. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you're in danger. You got to step out of the way. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. And always look both ways. For sure. Doesn't, you know, look forward. I made that mistake. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Do a 360. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. Oh man. Yeah. Awesome. Um, yeah. Where else has DJ uh, DJing taken you? Uh, well, it, I've I've toured Greece, uh, mm-hmm. a lot of parts of Greece, yeah. uh, Italy, Netherlands, um, then New York, Miami. Mm-hmm. That's about it. But that's a uh, pretty good. <laughs> it's 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 okay. Good, it's a good list. It's okay. It's okay. I did I did the, I did I got to play the clubs that I wanted in New York, so yeah. I'm happy with that. Okay. Uh, you can name yeah. drop. Don't worry. <laughs> well, I'd say that my top two in New York. Number one was Output, which I think very sad to see it gone. Um, yeah. Output was probably. One of my best experiences, and then Pasha, New York, was mm. amazing. I was so, I was I was super nervous, so I didn't enjoy it as much. The first part of the set, I was super nervous. Yeah, there's a lot um, after there. Are you kidding me? Yeah, no, it was, and I was opening for Dirty South, which was at the time 2014. He was like a big big room DJ, so mm-hmm. I got the gig because the guy that was supposed to open. Uh, got sick and uh, a friend of mine was promoting a party and they got me on there last minute and I was so I don't know for those of you that haven't been to Pasha or didn't get to go the DJ booth was um, higher than the dance floor and you had to go through the second floor down to the DJ booth and the entire DJ booth was filled with these amazing speakers right right uh and I was so nervous, I forgot to turn on the speakers in the DJ booth. And I was just listening to, I'm like, oh, okay, this is an interesting experience. I'm hearing everything in the crowd, which is cool. And then the guy, that Darius Hal comes and he just blasts the booth. I'm like, oh my God, I cannot believe I forgot to turn. Like, it was... It's like your monitors, you mean? like? Yeah, your monitors, exactly. Okay, he, yeah, he, yeah, yeah. He turned on, but the monitors are not just, you know, it's it's a, the whole booth is a monitor. It's crazy. Right, right. Um. So yeah, that was in the energy of the crowd. It was just off the hook. That was That's good times. Good so time. what what makes a good DJ? Very good question. Very good question. Um, oh, bro, this is what I do. No kidding. <laughs> <laughs> That's Sorry. why it's called Sorry. teaching I, Nick, bro. I not to do that. <laughs> not like that. I just wanted to say that. I know. I know. But that was that was good. <laughs> Oh my God. Uh, Yeah. So it's, I'd say, and probably a lot of people will not expect it. Most people think, oh, as long as you can mix, you're good. No. I'd say number one is your ability to read people and read the crowd. Mm. Uh, If you're able, my favorite, one of my favorite DJs was Carl Cox, um, electronic music. Yeah. And depending on the genre, you know, your style is different and, and, the skills needed are different, but Carl Cox is the only DJ, whether he was playing for a thousand people or 
50,000 people, it was like he was next to you. Like he knows what you want to hear. Right. Uh, which is crazy. That, that's a quality for any DJ in any genre, whether absolutely he's playing, you know, a wedding absolutely. or anything. Like, But wedding is a little bit harder because you have, you know, you have to satisfy everybody. It's yeah. not like people are not going to a wedding to listen to just Greek music or just yeah. Latin. Right. You have people that, are ex or, but when you go to listen to Carl Cox or, you know, electronic music event, you're expecting to listen to electronic music. Yeah. So I, I think actually playing weddings, which I did for a little bit, that's a little bit harder because you're never going to, you know, if you can grab everybody and make everybody have fun. Yeah then you did an amazing yeah, yeah. job. But my, my point was just like that reading the crowd is like a universal yes, skill. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. The second uh, part of it, I'd say is, uh, and this is a little bit subjective, but having good taste in music. I know it sounds like a given, but because it's become so easy to DJ, Take the, take the time to get a musical education, to, to listen to different genres, even things that you don't like, just to mm. expand your, your taste and, and really develop the knack of picking good music. Right. The most popular music is not always the best yeah, music. Yeah, I know that very well, yeah. Uh, so that's, that's number two. Number three, you know, obviously, practice your technical skills. I mean, everybody can just get a laptop and click a button and, you know, be a DJ. But if you can, you know, I, I did DJ lessons for a little bit. And um, one of the first things I did with my students, because I didn't have vinyl, yeah. I would uh, black out the screen, black out all the uh, BPM indicators on the equipment. Wow. And just have them mix with their ears. Yeah. So they can train yeah. their ears, you know? Uh, and then, you know, once you go into advanced, you know, looping, sampling, uh, remixing live, maybe playing an instrument live with your sets, you know, then the, the sky's the limit, especially with the technology that we have now. Yeah. yeah. So it's, it's amazing what's out there. Yeah. Yeah. Absolutely. Absolutely. So uh, have you, have you DJed with vinyl before? That's how I started. Uh, okay. In Greece, I had the most unorthodox setup just because I could not afford a real DJ. <laughs> That's, okay. um, That's how the best DJs were made. Yeah. So I had an old uh, Technics uh, pickup my dad had. And then I had a digital, one of the first digital mixers ever for virtual DJ, which sucked. It was terrible. Okay. And I had a, a Stanton mixer in the middle. And basically on one side, I had vinyl. On the other side, I had a computer. Uh -huh. which were two things that is almost impossible to, to match. And that's how I kind of started training myself in beat matching. Then started playing like cafes in Greece and, mm -hmm. uh, you know, they had the old CDJs and things like that. Um, yeah, I'd say definitely learn vinyl. That That's, that's a, that's a probably, you know, DJs that, that, perform vinyl and it's, it's made a return now, I definitely get a certain level of respect because it's not easy. Uh, the flow of your sets are different because it's not like you're on your computer and you're picking the next song right, in right. 30 seconds. You know, you, you're sifting through your 
vinyl collection and you got to earn your stripes by carrying your milk crates around. Yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so I don't know if you know this, Bono, but uh, when I was 17 years old till about 22 years old, that period of my life, my job was, um, so I worked for a DJ company. Really? And yeah. I... I didn't DJ. I was a, um, I started roadie. as a roadie, but mm-hmm. I, I soon got promoted to, um, uh, light tech. So I was, you know, co- programming, setting up and programming mm-hmm. all the computerized lighting. Right. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, we worked actually, it was a huge company, like a uh, small, but like, like great reputation. And right. like, they, they, they were like innovators in the region as far as you know technology was concerned so like they uh-huh. were they were the first to have like these big structures for for lighting at weddings this is wedding djing right it's like um <laughs> they were the first to you know introduce uh like flat screen tvs the tvs right right yeah. the photo booth mm-hmm. all, that. all of that stuff mm-hmm. all the bells mm-hmm. and whistles uh mm-hmm. were were probably came out of that company wow um so it was a great job, um, but you know we did do a couple of like custom parties. Um, mm-hmm. We did a lot of them, but a couple of them where we were at like uh, Sweet Sixteen. Now imagine there's a main room, right? Mm-hmm. But now we mm-hmm. built in a different room, right? This is yes. people who could afford uh-huh. two, two, three parties going at one time. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, f- for like the younger crowd, there was like a old school sort of hip hop lounge that they set up. Oh my God. That we set up, light, different lighting and everything, whatever. But we would have one of our guys come in and, you know, he was dressed in like the Kangol hat and the Adidas jumpsuit and everything. And he would spin on vinyl and people would go crazy. Wow. Yeah. Wow. And a lot of all those guys that I worked for with um, came from like the vinyl era. So mm-hmm. they all carried their crates. Um, so super, like, I'm very grateful to have, you know, lived in this time period where I got to see the DJs, you know, work with vinyl and all this amazing technology that's coming out as well. Absolutely. I mean, it's great that it's making a comeback. Uh, I'd say Brooklyn right now is the leader uh, in that scene. Um, and you know, you had all these record shops, all the places that you can just go in. Some of them were pop-up too. Um, and you can really like start your collection again and, and yeah, you know, yeah. there's no substitute for vinyl. Um, yeah, it's just I, it's, yeah. I still like, you know, CDJs and playing with USBs, not a computer. Cause I feel like if you have a screen in front of you, that kind of takes away of the eye contact that you can have with the crowd. Uh, but I like the convenience of just walking into a club. Um, and that's why I preferred being a, a club DJ rather than a mobile DJ for, for weddings and stuff, because I can just walk into a club with my headphones and my USBs play and that's it, yeah. you know? Uh, and you can also, I like, you know, kind of doing like a live set where you kind of doing like live producing at the same time. Yeah. Uh, 
and and utilizing all the tools that we have now that you can do that you know back in the day it was really hard to to play live and sound good mm-hmm. what's your favorite <laughs> you, tool to use uh well obviously you know as far as dj equipment anything pioneer i'm a big pioneer guy uh right. i know some people prefer alan and keith for their quality and it does have a sound better sound quality but uh i prefer pioneer for the dj equipment and then um for i kind of use i've used what i use to produce in my live sets i use logic yeah um, i'm familiar yeah ableton is a little bit better again it's mm-hmm. made for that yeah but uh i like logic just because i i know the instruments in there i know how to use it and i can just pop something up and I can play on rhythm just because I was trained with the piano. Uh, oh, wow. Okay. So you're got it. So I'm just going freehand. I'm not yeah, you're you know, playing live music from the computer during yeah. your set. Yes. Wow. Yeah. That's, that's, yeah. that's talent, man. That's talent. Um, do you, <laughs> do you record it just in case you like played something really amazing? Uh, I recreate it. You know, I've tried to record every time, you know, I try to record a set. I always forget to press play. <laughs> it's uh, not recorded. But while I'm playing, and that's a lot how my inspiration comes to create music. Uh, if I play something with another track that sounds good, I'm like, oh, maybe I can turn this into a track. Or if I play an acapella uh, over another song, I'm like, oh, this is a great acapella. Nobody has done a remix of this or sampled this. Maybe I can yeah. use this. Yeah. Uh, and then I'll go into the studio and and uh, and write something. Uh, most of the thing, just I don't know if it's similar with uh, with art. I, we did a live with Saki, um, where he was painting and I was playing music, and yeah. I could kind of see his process. Um, but I have a question for you: What is your like? How do you come up with your art? Because I I hear the sounds in my head and I just play it. It just comes naturally. Like, how yeah. do you see what you're going to to draw? So it really depends um, on what I'm like looking to do. Mm-hmm. Um, a lot of my larger like portraits and stuff, um, I, I do use like a photo reference. Okay. So like, I try to sort of I use the photo just as reference, but like, I'm not like, you know copying it no i know exactly what you mean you know like i'm not like impose because i've seen people using like projectors to right project on right, right right no i just keep like a printout or my phone next to my canvas and i just you know riff off of the photo but for the gotcha. more like abstract stuff yeah that's mm-hmm. i mean it's it just comes out you know um it's an emotional thing absolutely uh, definitely comes from somewhere inside and it's like I don't know I don't know how to explain it it's like when your brush is moving you're thinking it just keeps things, going you're thinking of it's, things you're thinking of life thinking of how yeah. pissed off you are or how happy <laughs> you are and it comes out on the other end you know absolutely I was always fascinated by how you know art and music although the medium is different uh it's it could be a very similar experience yeah you know or or the workflow could be similar you, you talked about a reference photo you know 
I use sometimes a reference track, mm. uh, especially in, you know, the good thing, I think what, what I'm a little bit envious of art versus music is that you can make a piece and sell it yourself. Uh, obviously, you know, gallery would be great. Maybe a record label is similar to a gallery, but in music, you need the record label to get that distribution and that, that, that outreach. Uh, yeah. So a lot I of mean, times... I'll nowadays, make- not, not really, right? Not so much anymore. Uh, you can put it on like what, YouTube, SoundCloud, things like that, no? You can definitely get your music out there, but what's happened is that you know, labels, they're also event companies now. Mm. You know, and I'm talking always about the electronic music world. Yeah, I, you know, out. maybe in other, other genres, it's different. But in electronic music, you need that big label behind you to gain their support, their fans to gain to to, to grow your popularity. Because you can put a, a track on SoundCloud, spend three thousand dollars on promo, but you're never going to gain you know the same amount of exposure as being on a label that has five million people following. With, you, you know, know, two festivals a year or whatever, right? Like Right. And then getting into those festivals as an artist of the label. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You know, so that's kind of the platform that you need to use. So what I was going with that is that sometimes I'll make tracks geared towards a specific label. So that might take away a little bit from the uh, mm. abstract part of it. And you're gotcha. a little bit more fitted into a box, but yeah. you're still, you know, there's always awesome. room for creativity. You got to be a salesperson too. You know what I mean? Like that's, that's, the, that's yeah. the entrepreneur. That's the, the salesman in you. Yeah. I mean, it, it all ties together. Yes. Yeah. So it's all good. Cool, man. Yeah. Um, where can, where can we um, find you on social media? Where can we hear your music? Is it online? Um, where can if someone's selling their home in Brooklyn uh, where can they <laughs> where can they find you yeah so um, as far as real estate um, I do have a real estate account on Instagram and also the team's account um, my personal one for real estate is at Panos Iero that's P-A-N-O-S-I-E-R-O uh, the team's name is the at Burzak Metcalf team uh so that's the team that I'm with. And if you go to the Compass website and you search my name, you can find me. Um, as far as music, I, I do have a lot of music out on Beatport, TrackSource, SoundCloud. Other my old alias, which was uh, Nemo Yero. Um, I also have an Instagram page after that. Right now, I've taken a break from music for the last year and a half, and I'm in the process of rebranding and starting a new um, a new page, but if you follow me on my real estate account, I will definitely post that there and link the two together. Cool. Very yeah. good. Very good. Awesome, man. Yeah, man. Uh, it's been a real pleasure talking to you. Uh, getting Absolutely. to know a little bit of your history and all the fun stuff that you do. Um, <clears throat> before we go, um, I mean, you say you've you've listened to the show, so you know what's coming. Uh, I have a fun little question for you. (laughs) (laughs) The one word question? Sum something up with one word? No, no. (laughs) This is different. This is is, 
if there was a sandwich named after you, what would be in it? Wow. Yeah. That's, 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 I didn't expect that. Okay. Well, I'll start with the bread. Okay. Mm-hmm. We'll go with, with whole wheat toast just because we're trying to be healthy. Okay. Okay. Then we're going to put the, we're going to do a concoction of uh, sesame oil and uh, mustard, a little bit of ginger to make it a little bit spicy. Oh. The sauce. Right. And then we'll do grilled chicken, turkey bacon, uh-huh. lettuce for the crunch. I want to throw something Greek in there, but I can't. Halloumi <laughs> <laughs> cheese. Uh, you know, you can do some Greek fries on the side with that. Greek fries. <laughs> for those of you who do not know what Greek fries are, they are French fries with crumbled feta cheese exactly. and oregano on them. Oh, yes. And if you boil them right where, the, where they get crispy and the cheese is a little crispy, they are phenomenal. Amazing. Yeah. <laughs> Amazing. Hey, so healthy a healthy sandwich with uh, french fries on the side. Yeah. Exactly. <laughs> <Cool>. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. That's that's um so I love this is a very philosophical question. Um and uh so that sort of mirrors the many sides of who Panos is. <laughs> Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah, dude. I uh, really appreciate your time. Thanks for coming. It's been a pleasure and, and uh, yeah. thank you so much for having me. And, uh, Absolutely. I'll continue to, to listen and support. Yeah. Guys teaching Nick, <laughs> you got You got to listen to this. Thanks You're always so going to learn something new. Thanks a lot, man. Thanks a lot, bro. Um, make sure you follow Panos on Instagram. Um, reach out to him. Say what's up. Um, he's got a, a wealth of knowledge uh, to to give out, and um, we'll do this again sometime. Absolutely, looking forward. All right, brother. Have a good evening. Have a good evening. Take care. Bye bye. There you have it, ladies and gentlemen. That was my friend Bano. What a great guy and such a pleasant interview. I hope you learned as much as I did. Don't forget, check out Side Hustlers Network. Go to the link in their bio and hit the red button to launch your affiliate marketing, digital marketing business in two and a half days from scratch and 100% free. The training is free. Like, you can't find this anywhere. Um, Just check it out. And um, until next time, keep learning.